Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 14 and we will be talking about the scaring of the Shire. And no, you didn't mishear me, I didn't mispronounce, it's the scaring of the Shire rather than the scouring, of course. This event is all themed a little bit around Halloween. A very exciting, uh, very exciting event. And actually, the first event in a while that I've been to, um, I think since June, that is uh, a good versus evil tournament, or certainly requiring an evil and a good army. So very excited about this one, um, because it's given me uh, something new to think about uh, for my tournaments. Last ones have all been uh, relatively, uh, relatively sort of high points level, 700-ish points. Uh, and also uh, good or evil versus evil, you know, blue versus blue, as it were. Um, so this one's exciting. This one's got a bit of uh, thing, uh, excitement to it for me. Also, it's only 600 points. Um, I know it doesn't sound like a big change, 100 points, does it? But but I think that's a big deal, actually. I really, really like trying to balance out how many heroes to have, uh, how powerful your heroes should be, etc, etc, um, for, uh, for 600 points. It just makes that little bit of extra squeezing compared with 700. I don't know about you, um, but I like the game at 600 points. I think it's probably, probably my favourite points level, certainly at the moment, maybe because I've played a lot of 700 and 800 recently, that, that I'm just, I'm just uh, not sick of 700, 800, but just liking the fresh challenge. So, uh, coming up on today's episode, we will be having the usual suspects, including uh, the riddle in the dark for uh, a little bit later on. Uh, we will also be uh, having our uh, tournament tales talking to some of my opponents throughout the tournament uh, maybe all of them maybe just a few uh, but we'll try and get as many as possible uh, it's quite a few games in this tournament um, and also I'll be talking to the eventual winner of the tournament and the people behind the tournament uh, James Wilson and the uh, East Anglia Hobbit League uh, Hobbit community I think actually um, uh, so I'll be talking to them going all the way down to Epping, uh, north of London, for this uh, tournament. So very exciting, very exciting. But first, uh, it seems around right to talk about what my armies are for the tournament. So because of the jingle, I thought it's appropriate to actually take a Mordor army, and not Barador this time. Uh, I've been known to uh, dabble in Sauron in the past. Not this time, sadly. Uh, as much as I absolutely love Sauron and the powers he gives. Uh, this one, no, it is not uh, not going to be that one for the day. So, uh, but it is going to be a pretty standard um, Mordor orc army, or I should say Moranan orc army, because... I've painted up um, loads of Moranon Orcs from the box set and uh, I, I never actually used them in a battle. Um, I think I've lent people them, I've, I've uh, uh, painted them, I've put them on my YouTube channel, Battle Games in Middle Earth on YouTube, um, but I've never actually used them in a proper game other than uh, maybe some tutorial games on the internet. So um, I thought, well, let's get them out, let's, get, let's give them some love, let's show them some love. So what I've done is I've started with Gothmog, um, who actually isn't my leader, but I'll come to that in a second. Uh, but I thought, oh, I've got to use Gothmog because Master of Battle, it gives all the Orc bonuses. I just think in an Orc army, you can't really go wrong with Gothmog. So Gothmog with Wagon Shield, 145 points. Then uh, filling his warband completely, um, I've gone with seven Moranon Orcs with Spear and seven Moranon Orcs with Shield. 
and one orc and he's just he's just for points really but uh, i needed five points so i gave him uh, give him an orc so uh, that's cool uh, so i've got 15 orcs there spears and shields um yeah i, I quite i quite rate that I quite rate that that's uh, that's a solid spear line second warband i was debating do i go with um loads more moranans uh and i thought yes but who do i lead them i i i wanted I was going to go with Guritz or maybe uh, the Enforcer, but then I was thinking, ah, there's only 600 points. If I get Guritz or, or what, the Enforcer, then I'm not really going to have the points for any big hitters. Um, I was thinking I could tr- chuck a troll in there or something like that. But I was thinking, ah, that's going to be a lot of points there. Um, won't leave me enough uh, in the way of bodies, I thought. So I settled on the Witch King of Angmar, of course, with uh, three might, uh, 16 will, three fate, the crown of Morgul, of course, and a horse, just a plain horse. Um, I was gonna think. I was thinking about the uh, blade of Morgul, Morgul blade, sorry. Um, but I thought, nah, don't really, really need it. Um, it's only intermittently useful. I've found in the past. I may may find that that's not the case uh, when I'm fighting against heroes today. But either way, um, uh, I forgot. I didn't bother with the uh, Morgul blade. In his warband, in the Witch King's warband, so he's actually the leader, he's a hero of legend in the Mordor army, um, he gets two Moranon orcs with spear, two Moranon orcs with shield, six Moranon orcs with both spear and shield. Um, I just like the flexibility, um, but also I actually own loads of spear shield models and I didn't really have enough spears and shields on their own. So so that's good, so that's another ten Moranon orcs, uh, leaving um, six or, no, sorry, eight space in the in the uh, warband so i've gone with one orc with banner and shield so just a normal orc there um i don't have them around an orc uh, banner model so uh, there you go and i thought i definitely need a banner i've got lots of orcs here uh then i've got three warg riders now this is this is for objectives uh largely if i'm honest um and i really rate them actually because they gain the benefits from uh, Gothmog, from what I can gather. You know, the time of orc has come. They get the uh, they get the re-roll um, if they're within uh, three inches of him. They get the hatred re-roll. So they're strength four. But they have the orc profile, so uh, the orc uh, keyword. So they're actually they actually get that re-roll, which is really good. Um, so the strength four got the knockdown. Um, you know, that, that's not bad. That's not bad. And for twelve points, I think that's a pretty good bargain. Um, that's 12 points with a shield or a throwing spear. Um, I've gone with two with throwing spear and one with shield just because of the models that I have. Um, and I think it would be useful to have at least some um, ranged uh, things. And also they're, they're kind of... You don't want to get them charged in straight away, do you? You want to sort of be mopping up with wild riders, not really taking a full uh, full charge with them. So there you go, uh, three war riders, um, uh, but yeah, mainly for objectives, those guys. So that leaves me with uh, 10 points left over in my army. Um, and I, as I mentioned, I debated about the Witch King. Do I give him the Morgul Blade? Do I give him an extra will? And maybe an armoured horse instead? Maybe a couple of extra will, put him up to 18 on the will? Uh, I had a, had a bit of a debate. And then I realised I've got the made-to-order boxes uh, recently. Um, I looked through my drawer of made-to-order things and checked that I wasn't remembering it incorrectly. And that's right, yes, I do own Morgul Stalkers now. And uh, they're still in the blister pack, so I thought, well... I know what I can do. I can paint up a, a blister of Morgul Stalkers and take one 
one of those to the scaring of the Shire. And I thought, well, actually, scaring, Halloween, Mogul Stalker, they look a bit Halloween-y, don't they? So so I thought that would be a nice rounded-off uh, thing. And I wondered why people have uh, gone so crazy about Mogul Stalkers. Really like the models, actually. They, they're kind of... I don't know, kind of odd looking, but I, I, I really like him actually. Um, so, Morgul Stalker, awesome. Um, also, uh, 10 points for two attack model, not bad. Uh, strength 4, defense 4, obviously. Uh, Stalker and Seen, so they can sneak around a bit. But, um, no, I thought that's quite good. Um, maybe I'd have been better off with two or two plain orcs. Uh, but, I don't know, I fancied playing a Morgul Stalker. So, there you go. Uh, no bows in my list, so that's a worry. But,. Um, I've got the Witch King for the control. Hopefully he can um, sort of be disabling massive heroes and stuff. Got Gothmog, who's got Master of Battle, so we've got loads of might there. So Witch King can be pretty much reserving his might for things like, you know, your strikes and stuff, I, uh, I guess. Um, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but that's that's exciting. So six might, no bows, uh, 32 models, so I'm breaking at 16. So not the biggest... Um, orc army I suppose but I've got some numbers I've got a few uh, wag riders there um, I've got a banner so yeah I'm actually you know it's not bad it's not bad I've never played uh, an orc or I haven't played a Moranan orc army before as I mentioned so so uh, you know I'm, I'm just hoping a shield line I don't I, the Moranan orcs I guess it's just about when you call that um, time of the orc has come and when you get the bonuses um, when you see like you, you think you've got momentum on your side or when you desperately need the kills I suppose but um, we'll see what happens. We'll see. So there we go. That's my 600 points of evil. But I still have to uh, do an army for good. So my good army. Now this one, it's it's definitely an unusual army. I've never seen anyone play anything like this. Um, but it's based on the Green Alliance chart, basically. Um, I was flicking through the books. I, I was hoping to have my hobbits done in time. But... Um, I just haven't got enough hobbits uh, yet to make a proper hobbit um, hobbit army. So I've got the new heroes, which is awesome. But um, when I put them all together, I was like, hmm, still don't have enough hobbits for this. Otherwise, I'll have loads of heroes on their own. So I thought, nah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll try something uh, completely different. So um, I started with looking through the army list. Well, if I'm honest, I started by asking my girlfriend... Um, what should I take? And she said elves. She always says elves. And so I started, okay, I'll have a look through some of the elves book. And I was like, I've got Rivendell, but I don't really have any of the big heroes painted. I don't have Elrond or um, Glorfindel or or Gilgalad or pretty much anyone. I have Arwen on a horse with uh, Frodo, but that's it. I've got, I think I've got one uh, captain painted. But so I thought, well, okay, I I don't really want to do Rivendell. Um, So I looked at the uh, uh, Lothlorien, book because I have got some Lothlorien I've got I played a Lothlorien army a while back at uh, start of the year um, for uh, the Masters event in Ripon so I thought oh okay I can use that I don't really like Galadriel I, I, I don't I don't really like heroes that don't kill stuff so um, I was thinking okay let's let's have a look what else have we got I've got Haldir all right okay I've got I'll start let's start with Haldir let's say let's say I'm gonna have Haldir we'll see what I can do with him and then I looked, and there's, an, uh, there's a, a little rule, a new rule called Allies to the End on Haldir's profile that says if you're within three inches, I think it was, or maybe six inches, of Theoden or Aragorn, you get a Banner Revolt. Now, I like that. I thought that's good. That's good. I can build an army around that. And not, not Aragorn, but Theoden. So I thought, oh, okay, I can do something in, in the realms of a Helm's Deep Defenders list. Um, and maybe some light relief from AML later on. So that's what I've done. So I started with Haldir. Um, 
although he won't be my leader, it'll be Ted. And um, so Haldir has got an arm, uh, has got armor and bow. Never forget to put those on because he starts with no no armor and uh, without the bow because because of the fellowship uh, of the ring um, uh, profile of Haldir. So eighty five points for him, pretty good. Two attacks, uh, he gets the banner if he needs to. He's fight, obviously high fight and he gets the extra shots with the bow. So definitely worth having the bow. Then I've gone with three guard of the Galadrim Court. I know there weren't any uh, Helm's Deep in the films, but fight six, fight six with the pikes. It's good, it's good, isn't it? Um, so that, and then I've got three Galadrims with shield, three Galadrim with spear, then uh, uh, then three Galadrim with bows. So it's a nice sort of balanced list there. I've got six spear sort of things um, with high fight and uh, three spear, uh, three shields and three bows. Um, so yeah, pretty good, pretty good so far. Uh, then, as I say, Theoden, uh, given the kitchen sink. So I've got armoured horse, armour and shield for 100 points. So I don't think there's any really any point of taking him in, a, in any other way. I guess if you're doing a Helm's Deep list, then maybe you should maybe you should not have the horse. But, I mean, he gives the bonus and he's just so much better with a horse, isn't he? I mean... I, I, I know I should have done I should have done it differently, but hey hey uh, don't don't you dare judge me don't you dare judge me I'm I'm keeping the relative theme anyway because I'm having um, no uh, riders of Rohan or royal guard on horses in his uh, in his um, in his warband so I've got three Rohan royal guard with spears no horse four Rohan warriors with spears and shield throwing spears obviously and one Rohan warrior with a banner so. This is different. This is different, right? This is eight guys on foot, um, seven throwing spears, and and a banner. So this is this is perhaps quite weak uh, in terms of the uh, strength. They're only strength three. Uh, they don't have the knockdown, so they're going to struggle with that, and they don't get any the charge bonus. So yeah, they're going to struggle. Not going to lie, but. We'll see. We'll see if they're backed up by Fountain Court, uh, Fountain Court, Gardel Gladrim Court, and Gladrim Spears. They'll be five or fight five or six. They've got throwing spears, so you know we might be able to get some damage on that. But hey, look, the, the idea was a bit of theme anyway, so we'll uh, stop judging. All right. Uh, <laughs> then uh, Aemir, of course, with a horse. Um, I didn't give him throwing spears, although perhaps I could have done. Um, four riders of Rohan, so yeah, you do get a bit of mounted uh, stuff, and one mounted Rohan Royal Guard with throwing spears. Um, and that was purely because of the points, to be honest. I would have just done another ride of Rohan, but then I was three points down, um, you know, and then I'd only get one shield for a banner and nothing else really. So, so I thought, okay, this will do. This will do. Um, I'll get a Ro- Rohan Royal Guard mounted, who would be good for objectives. Four riders of Rohan and Aemir, who are going to be good for killing stuff. Um, I've got some bows in there with the rider of Rohan, so I can avoid. I can play avoidance a little bit if I want. Um, so actually, yeah, I'm quite. I'm. I'm intrigued. This is going to be a tricky army to play. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm no qualms about it. Um, I've never played anything that's going to be uh, sort of so. The troops are going to be so basic. So I've got, you know, a lot of fight three in there, a lot of fight uh, strength three in there. But I've got the shields. I've got the spears, so I can be shielding and spe- uh, throwing spears. Um, and I've got the elves, elves to back it up, of course, with their uh, high fight value. So that's intriguing. I've also got um, seven bows, uh, including the Rohan and uh, Riders of Rohan and the Galadrim bows. And I've also got, um, I've also got how many spears? Well, I've got eight throwing spears. So 
so yeah that's quite good actually you know 15 um, weapons that I can be throwing uh, at, at a, over a charge distance because obviously throwing spears at 8 inch range rather than 6 so so yeah I can I can play a little bit of avoidance and whittle people down hopefully uh, I think I'm going to struggle with courage um, generally um, I think my Rohan army uh, side of the army is going to crumple fairly quickly also worried about my uh, Rohan warrior with banner um, as I mentioned didn't really have the points or I decided to go with the royal guard rather than give the uh, the banner a shield which I think I'll probably regret that but uh, you know he's pretty weak defense four I think he is um, and he can't shield of course so so anyway that's the army uh, those are the two armies now uh, for the scaring of the shire 600 points um, uh, evil versus a good and good versus evil of course uh, in this army so there you go that's the army uh, I'm going to be heading down to Epping uh, in uh, just a few well in a few hours time and uh, before that though before that we've got more things to do on the podcast including this Riddles of the Dark Yes, that's right. Continuing the riddles in the dark uh, from episode 12, I think it was, uh, the last time I did a, a riddles in the dark because we had the Lord of the Imps before that, uh, sorry, after that. So there wasn't enough time in that episode to squeeze it in. And to be honest, I was I was a bit tired after the uh, after the big tournament. So um, so anyway, well, let's continue with the riddle in the dark. Uh, so what happened last time? We played this clip, and you had to guess. Who speaks next and what they say? Yes, tricky clip, tricky clip. But a few of you have been in touch. Uh, thank you very much in particular to Albert. Uh, Albert Faval, uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, uh, he says, this one took a while for me to figure out. But it is, of course, X, Y, Z. Maybe you got it right there, Albert. Maybe you got it right. Next one. Oh, this is a this is a good one from Dan. I'm struggling with this one. Dan, you say it sounds like the paths of the dead, but for, for but for the life of me, I can't find it. So are you scrolling through the audio, listening to it? I, I'd like that. Um, so you could be doing something tricksy. It's actually something else entirely. I will keep looking, says Dan Baroxholm. Thanks very much, Dan. Very good, very good. So. I'll go back to uh, Albert's because uh, I'll, I'll read his full email to reveal the answer for you. So he says, uh, great podcast as always. This one took a while for me for you, but it is, of course, the day the strength of men failed. Isildur keeps the ring for himself, and Elrond has the next line, Destroy it! Keep up the good work, he says. Well, were you right, Albert? And of course, Albert, you were exactly right, and you nailed it on the, the uh, on the money. Absolutely, Elrond has the next line: destroy it. And then, of course, no, from Isildur. Excellent work. So, thank you very much, Albert, for uh, sending that in and playing along for the riddles in the dark once more. Now, uh, I, I'm I'm toying with uh, coming up with a new game for the podcast, um, coming up with something else that we can perhaps do as a break, or maybe just dropping the game entirely. Um, I'll put a thing up on the Facebook just to see um, see whether whether you're whether you're liking it, because I know lots of you are listening to the, the podcast, I see the plays and I see the downloads and stuff, so uh, lots of you out there, but um, just uh, just intrigued as, as to whether you think, ah, you know what, uh, this is 
just getting in the way of of hearing about tournaments or whether you really enjoy it. So uh, let me know. I'll put a little uh, little thing up on the social uh, on the Facebook page and see what you think. I can have a poll and see what what people fancy if they fancy me coming up with something else and whatnot. But either way. In the meantime, I will come up with another riddle in the dark, and this week it sounds a little bit like this. One final time. Okay, if you think you know, email in entmootpodcast at gmail.com with your answer as well. And get in touch about other stuff as well. Tell me what you want uh, want to hear from podcasts and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and maybe you, uh, what your opinion on the game is. Maybe it's too hard, maybe it's too easy. Maybe you, know, you just never have time to email because... I don't know, you listen to the podcast uh, while you're driving and then you forget about it by the time it's got to the end. I don't know. Uh, either way, let me know. Let me know what you want to do. Entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, get in touch. Get in touch. Now, uh, on to the tournament itself. So uh, we, we heard the armies. We've got the good. We've got the evil. We've got Mordor. We've got the Rohan uh, Elf Alliance. Um, and neither army, I think, are particularly the best army. I think the Mordor army is probably the better one. But um, I don't know. It's, it's tough. 600 points, two big heroes. Maybe I'm wasting my money and uh, my points on this one but we'll find out when we go to game one of the scaring of the shire Mr. Robo, where are you off to? Stop. I'm already late! Late for what? I'm going on an adventure! So, game one of Scaring of the Shire, and uh, we rolled so that I was fighting with my evil army, so the Witch King and Gothmog and his Moran and uh, Force, and uh, first game, Will Champion, and you, so you were playing with your good army, so uh, what was your good army, first of all? So, it was a Amber Alliance of Arnor and Rivendell, so it was mainly Arnor, it was Arvadui, Malbeth and a Captain, and then a load of Arnor Warriors, and then a Warband of Hobbit Archers, because they're really cheap. And then Kurdan and two Elf Spearmen in, just to give a bit of magic support to the army. And also that 5-5, five five which has proved really, very really useful. Helpful, yeah. yeah, just the odd spear here and there. And, and I suppose because the Amber Alliance, obviously you lose the army bonus for uh, Rivendell, but you don't have any archers. And you lose the, um, the army bonus for uh, Arnor, which is that, uh, that fearless, fearless bubble. bubble. But, Arbidry, yeah. but you get that from Kurdan. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a trade-off because obviously Kurdan can just die or get sap-wheeled and things like that. But my thinking was it takes a little bit of pressure off your general because Alvador is the only free attack guy, he's the only striker. Um, and if he's the only guy that's keeping you, you guys around, then you're going to be really reserved with him. So even though he's still the general and it's only to make sure he doesn't die, now that Kurdan can make sure that no one runs away, he can have a little bit more leeway to go chop stuff. And in particular in this game, uh, we, we're playing a Fog of War where there's no uh, reward for leader kills in this one. So uh, we're trying to protect a hero, we're trying to take a terrain piece, and we're trying to kill uh, one of the enemy's heroes. Yeah. So uh, sadly for me, that means I've got, it's got to be Gothmog because yes. uh, the, the Witch King is the leader, so you can't choose him. So I've got two heroes. Uh, and for you, you've got quite a few heroes that are, Good choices, actually, because um, there's a lot of uh, different bonuses that you get from each of them. So you've yeah. got. So I can't choose your leader, which is fine. But then you've got either Malbeth, uh, the uh, Kurdan, or a Captain of uh, Arnor. So it was quite a tricky decision. Uh, you, which one did you choose to protect? So I chose to protect Kurdan. Um, my thinking was that you were going to um, black out them anyway, because they're support guys. They're not going anywhere in combat because that would be crazy. 
Um, so my thinking was if I choose Kurdan, he's the most obvious choice, but he's also the most likely to lift. He's got resistance to magic and a bit of a, mm. a better will store. Mm. So that was the plan, and I was hoping for the rest. Yeah, so, so my, my, my strategy was I chose the captain of Arno because the way we deployed, there was a big scenery piece in the middle uh, and then two in each corner for each side, basically. Uh, and so I was aiming to go towards the right to get that terrain piece in the corner. The captain of Arno with his hobbits were over there. And I thought, right, I'll get him and send my wargs uh, through the hobbits uh, on the way and, and, and hopefully get the objective and then be out of harm's way. But didn't quite work out like that because uh, I, I could have spent a point of might on one of the turns to guarantee a kill rather than leaving it down to a fate roll which I didn't do uh, and could have heroic combated off that and, and carried on going through hobbits didn't do that risked it on the 4+, plus because I thought well I've got another chance next turn but yeah. um, do, do you think that was the right decision by the way? I, I think it was yeah because as you said um, it would have given the opportunity to break that flank and maybe go for the terrain piece mm. um, but there was still a warband of hobbits in the way which would slow you down they're not going to stop, stop you but they'd slow you down but it also would have depleted your might stalks you only had 6 might anyway not that I had much more but when it gets to the end of the game, normally mm. Mike wins it, doesn't it? Um, so although the Witch King got stuck, he still got his kill in the end, so he still got the captain. Um, you just had to wait a little bit longer to do it. Yeah, and, and in the meantime, I managed to, uh, while I was still there, I managed to get the kill on um, the wrong one, Malbeth, <laughs> at yes, the same time, because yeah. I think I'd done a dart in the... Uh, a couple that of darted him to death, literally. Yeah, I think it was three darts over the first few turns, but of course I chose the wrong one. I was thinking, if I kill Malbeth, it takes away your uh, five plus save, which means it's easier for me to break you yeah. in the long run. So I might get the objective, I might get the target. Uh, I'll also have more of a chance of breaking you. You had a 40 model army of defense six, so yeah. it's pretty pretty tough to break though. Um, and I thought maybe if I do that, I might get the points. And also if you've chosen the one that may, perhaps, yeah. you know, a bit of double think there. Yeah, yeah so up. I thought, all right, I'm going for the big victory. but. Alas, didn't quite work out. Despite the dice roll really favouring me in the early few turns, um, there was some horrendous combats on, on your behalf. Yeah, the first turn when the two armies clashed and the whole advantage is mine with fight value um, and model count, really. Yeah. And they all just completely whiffed it. And I didn't lose too many, but... That was the turn when you need to make a really big impact and, and chop some models down. Yeah. It just didn't happen. I think I, I got really lucky. I'd, I'd made a miscalculation. I just assumed um, that there were fight three men like, like everyone else, but um, I just... And then you said, they're fight four. And I was like, what? No, they can't be. They can't be. Surely not. Uh, so yeah, I was a bit scared there. Um, but yeah, if I'd, if I'd capitalised on those wins and taken out some of your flank there, I think it might have been a swing my way. But because I suppose, although the dice favoured me in the, ro- in the combats, they didn't favour me in the uh, strikes in the end. So, yeah. But either way, it became a 12-3 victory to you. You got all the things you needed. I just managed to get the, the kill in the end. But, but yeah, you, once, once the, the kills started coming, it really... It, it, ended quite quickly yeah I think I had 12 models more than you when the game started so when you get to the end phase I'd only lost about 12 13 models it's it's three four and one at that point with the higher fight so it, it's not going to go your way once yeah. it started snowballing yeah and the only thing that I hoped I hoped I'd get uh, Gothmog had been unseated from his wag fairly early on from some hobbit archers and um, I was hoping maybe he could do a, a, some chunky stuff with the master of battle but because I had to protect him and, and it, it just felt like I, I was I, I couldn't really get him in the places I want to to use that master of battle and that might yeah. and the strike but it's always hard with two uh, having two heroes in the army for that scenario because mm. we all know who we're going for um, but unfortunately you can't really hide Gothmog you need him to do you know get his points back mm. um, and when he took two wounds early doors to just four bods suddenly he's really on the back foot even though he's got three might he's still a bit of a beast mm. you, you don't really want to go in then when he's got one wound no fate left 
Yeah. Uh, so it did put you in a bit of an awkward position. And while you did win the sort of initial skirmish in those first turns, you were really having to consider what your heroes could do and where they could go, um, mm. which is a lot of it's a lot of mental stress, isn't it, for the yeah. first, first games? <laughs> yeah, and 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 I think uh, you played it really well. I mean, you, you, uh, the the Witch King was doing some stuff. He did he did what he want. I wanted him to do. He took out both. Uh, two heroes basically um, with, with magic and with the with the combat in the Captain of Arnor but um, he, he kind of because he was fight five and you had a couple of elves in there that just made that ha- ha- either struck or and it just didn't work out really but either way well I, I, it was really well played and a 12-3 victory to you so on to the top tables for you uh, yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> well good luck thank Cheers. you very much uh, okay so game two uh, to the death and uh, we rolled off at the start um, uh, me and Ali and I got the good army which is good because the last time I played a, a, a tournament like this I ended up playing with the only my evil army for pretty much the whole thing so I'm playing with my good guys the elves and the Rohan alliance uh, Alistair King uh, what have you bought? Uh, so I've got uh, Azog's legion Azog's hunter alliance without Azog mm. so it's Bolgus the general leading some uh, about warband of ten Gunnabad warriors with spears and shields who've got a banner as well and then I've got uh, Mounted Fimble and Narzog, uh, the heroes from the Azog's Hunter section, with about 50-50 bows uh, of Azog's... Uh, Azog's? No, saying Azog too much. Um, <laughs> Hunter Orcs with a Warhorn and a couple of Felwargs. So first of all, when you saw my army, um, what, what did you think? Because I know it's, a, it's a, not a sort of regular build. Um, it was initial reaction going, all oh, that looks nice and squishy, which... Um, because all my army's strength four better, so I can chop through it nicely. And then I was like, oh no, wait, there's a lot of elves with fight value five, so it's going to come down to winning combats and stuff mm. like that. And you will probably outshoot me because elf bows, longer range, and sort of a bit, bit more powerful shooting than I do. So I'm going to have to take the fight to you, and hopefully my heroes uh, who are mounted keep on their wargs and can go through and smash some stuff up. And, and I think, to be fair, and your, your assessment was pretty correct. I mean, although the first couple of turns I did, I definitely won the shooting war. I had a lot of elves chopping through uh, and, and the Riders of Rohan shooting your um, Hunter Orc with bows and just getting... Good about a, four sort of died, I think. Yeah, I think four, four maybe, and then five probably pushed it up uh, in the, the next couple of turns. But... But then, of course, once you did get your lines clashing, you, you, you're totally right. You've got the, the strength four. So although I'm winning some fights, you, you obviously min-maxed it in a way that, you know, meant that you've got lots of hunter rocks surrounding the, the Rohan and, and trying to avoid getting those spear supports in. I think the, when you first clashed, I had the, had the benefit of the fight value, but then yeah. it soon dis- dissolved. But um, there was quite a big couple of turns early on with, uh, A, I shot uh, uh, Bolg's Warg out from underneath him, and B, um, was it Fimble? No, or was it the other way around? No, neither, both of them actually got a charge off on their wargs turn one. Uh, I kind of took a bit of a risk in that I enabled you to counter charge me, but uh, New Fimble probably wasn't going to get a character on him and he could strike and then he should be all right uh, with free might. And then Bolg, being fight seven, is a bit scary for your characters. But uh, And if you charge me in with Master Battle from the... Azog's Legion army bonus I, I should be able to, I mean it's a risk but it's sort of I think it was a calculated risk and yeah. it was the right risk 
But then for both your strikes, you rolled a one. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I, I made a tactical poor decision of rolling ones for both of them, yeah. which meant Fimble just died outright. Um, and then Azog managed to just about survive. I think he got. I think that's down. when I cho- so I chopped his yeah. chopped his wire from beneath him. Um, I didn't particularly roll well with Airmail. I managed right. to trap him with Airmail. We both struck up. Um, I surrounded you, and then I fluffed the dice of Airmail. And I thought, crap. And then the guys, the other guys, took his wire out from beneath him, which was I was quite happy about. You were down to one uh, might at that point. So yeah, I was down to one might and then one wound. I, I thought. One, I was unlucky with the strikes, but then I was like, I've got away with the fact that he's not actually died from air completely yeah, fluffing as well. So. That would have been pretty horrendous because you'd had these two big heroes and it, you'd have been really, really suffering if you'd if uh, Bolg had gone down in that particular combat. But um, I see, I still see him. He's standing there at the end of the battle, um, standing on foot, but he was an absolute monster, bolging his way through everything. And... Um, I was too scared, really, to get Fairden or Halder close enough because I just kept. I wanted you to call stuff, but uh, you know, I couldn't. I could suck out your might in any way because you're just happy to just chop through the troops and break me. But um, in the end, um, there was a, a, a unfortunate roll of a double one from Airmare, um, which meant he ran away because you'd got Harbinger of Evil. Just so I didn't have enough will or might to do it. Um, so that meant that you just uh, you just managed to get everything really in the last turn, and I didn't quite get yeah. the the break. So it was it's quite a, it was a cast like a house of cards. It all fell fell oh, down yeah. for me in those last couple of turns. Yeah, there's a second game actually in a row where I've used this army, and early on in my last game it looked like I was going to win really nice. And early on in this game, I thought it was going to go horribly wrong after the initial first turn, and then I just ended up hanging on uh, with Bolg and that mm. and then I won the key roll loss just to get a move first and then your, your luck sort of disappeared a bit um, yeah I think it's fair to say I had the luck early on and um, you had more of the luck later on and certainly the, the, the sort of roll offs a couple of those uh, went your way when I could have could have got cavalry charges in but then uh, you got the charges and Hunter Orc against the rider of Rohan when you've got the charges is a, is a bad matchup for me really because I haven't got the fight or anything so um, so yeah either way uh, Ali uh, end up being a, a 12-1 win to you um, uh, uh, to the death so you got my you got my leader in the end because you surrounded him the very last turn yeah. and he was the 25% yeah last turn managed just use all the last resources killed your banner managed to get feared and, and like everything just went right to get the 12-1 it's not a reflection of how the game actually went, in my opinion. It'd probably be more of a 5-2 or 5-3. I, I, I think that, that, that's a fair point, because literally in the last turn, if, if Aimee hadn't gone, I wouldn't be broken at this point. Um, but you would still have the banner and the thingy uh, and the general um, if that had all gone right. So, so yeah, I think it, perhaps, perhaps that, that, that would have... I was also one-off breaking, which if Aimee hadn't run, I, unless if you roll even worse later in the turn... I probably would have broken, so it would have been definitely. Yeah, I think it would have. Yeah, it would have taken away three from your victory and given me a potential for an extra three, which would still make it uh, a nine six or nine four or something like that. Either way, it was twelve one. It was twelve one. Let's not uh, let's not mince about it. Either way, uh, a great game, Ali, and uh, well done. And and I like the theme of the bowl and everything. It was it was good good to play against. Just thanks. uh, Cool Helm's Deep Army. Thank you. Uh, Apart from the Gladion Court, of course, that's a bit bit cheesy. (laughs) We'll we'll keep that one quiet.
So game number three, uh, we're playing hold ground, so uh, Maelstrom and Battle deployment, and I had my Moran and Orcs again, so been flip-flopping between armies, which is really good, um, and against Will Pointer. Now, Will, uh, first of all, just give us an idea of your army. It's uh, a one, well, a couple of words, and then I think you'll yeah. give it away, won't it? Well, it's using the Rangers of Villian, Legendary yeah. Legion, sort of like more like Oskiliath, so it's got Rangers, it's got Men of Gondor, Faramir, of course, Madril, Damrod, and a Minister of Katzen. And what did you think when you saw my army list? Uh, did you fancy your chances? Because I know you've got a lot of bows, but it's Maelstrom. So what do you yeah, think? It's an interesting one. I think Gothmog's very scary for my army. Getting that plus one of wound was great. Um, I was worried at the beginning when I won priority. Well, then I got lucky. I think it was 50-50. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. Yeah. But, um, I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Your guys all came on on the right edge. You've got Madril. He came on first, so that yeah. helped. And then I rolled a double one for mine, so which I wasn't too bothered by. So you were kind of flopping around, moving forward, establishing your base, getting towards the centre a little bit more. Then I rolled uh, the Witch King who came on on the back um, behind your, uh, your ranks. And I thought, OK, I think I've got a good chance here of capitalising and killing you quickly. You've got a lot of squishy rangers. Um, but then Gothmarg, I spent two points of to might to bring him on the same place. Do you think those are the right decisions to put my guys slap bang really close to you and uh, to then try and churn through you to get to the centre center rather than, say, walking on from the other side? Yeah, I think so, because I've got so many bows. You know, if you try and walk towards me on the other side, you're going to be you know, broken almost by the time you get to me. Mm. So it's a difficult one. It was very scary, because <laughs> when you do charge me on me a flank, I was, I was worried. Uh, I think it was definitely the right choice. But I kind of knew... So I, it's a tactic I often do. But I know that if I can just get models in the middle and just hold that, it doesn't really matter what else is going on. Yeah. Luckily, um, f uh, for you, or, or perhaps bad choice on my part, it, yeah, it definitely was bad choice on my behalf, that I went... Um, the, the, the one war band that was kind of at the the rearest, rearmost uh, right-hand side were mostly Minas Tirith warriors. So I was get a, as a captain, but also it's the high defence. So even though I had that plus one uh, in some parts, I ended up just taking that too long to churn through, really. And looking at the battle now, um, I'm, I'm just about to get to the middle, but um, I, you, uh, you broke and um, we, uh, we timed out anyway. But do you think, I've still got my two big heroes, no might, but two big heroes. Do you think had we had a few couple more turns that I might have been able to get closer to the centre at the very least uh, yeah definitely I thought it was looking quite comfortable for me until the last turn where I think about 12 guys ran away mm. um, but definitely you know, another turn or two obviously it's random rolled it could have ended now could have ended later um, no definitely yeah you had a great chance that's true well let's just roll it I'm just intrigued uh, hold on yeah it would have ended anyway it was yeah. all on <laughs> so it would have ended um, but uh, I'm intrigued because I I thought I, I, I was Probably, do you think it was the right choice to spend the might? Because Gothmog and the Witch King spent a lot of might early on to try and, I guess, um, get that moved, get some kills, but they, they stalled a couple of times. Do you think it, uh, it was right to spend that might, I guess? Yeah, because you got unlucky in the first turn where your models didn't arrive. You just needed to get your models on. I think you had to, particularly as the Witch King Ben mm. was already on. If you didn't do it, it would have been the Witch King on his own against mm. my army no you needed to yeah and your, your legion was the one with, with, with numbers of course in the sense that uh, that I, what I mean uh, that you're, I was hoping for Master of Battle to pay off a couple of times with Gothmog but because you didn't have any heroes really there that were actually calling anything that I could then mimic it didn't really matter that I had Master of Battle so I'd spent that might so I didn't have any way to get that extra move off so I think it may have been the right move but I didn't 
I wasn't able to capitalise and really push everyone forward. It, it did work in the, eventually, like you say, the grind paid off in, in the sense that I've got the strength four and I've got the plus ones and stuff, so I do manage to kill people. And the, the harbinger of evil means that you, you, know, you get a good chance of uh, running away once you do break. But yeah, it was, it was, just, it was just a hell of a grind uh, for a while there, wasn't it? Um, did, did you find it difficult to play the lead, the, uh, the Gothmogs, uh, Gothmogs guys? Uh, yeah, I think just because they cut through the troops, you know, defence six doesn't mean a lot when you, you're strength four and you're getting past one wound. Uh, I mean, I, I play Gothmog's Legion for my evil army, so uh, I kind yeah. of use, I know what to expect from it. Yeah. But I think, you know, yeah, it's, it's a good matchup. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good match and a nice thematic matchup as well. But it ended up, uh, I think, 7 3 to you. Uh, you got the objective. Um, I've, I'm a bit, way too, I'm about 8 inches, 9 inches away from the objective. But um, I managed to break you, so I got the 3 points for that. So either way, well, uh, cracking game. I really enjoyed it and well done. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you very much. So game four, and we're playing an unusual scenario, which we'll hear about later on in the podcast, uh, or maybe earlier on in the podcast, depending on how I edit this. <laughs> uh, and it is a, a sort of variation of Caesar Prize, which has undead guardians, uh, which spring out of the ground, spring out of holes in the ground, and uh, they attack things randomly. Playing against Sean, uh, first of all, Sean, um, what, what was your army list, um, and what did you think of my army in general? Did you fancy your chances? Uh, well, when I saw the army list, I was thinking it'd be a close game. You'll fight six from the elves, kind of affects my army because I'm running uh, Azog's Legion. I've got Bolg on his Wag. He's got two ogres, two warbats, three berserkers, uh, four orcs with shield, four orcs with shield spear, one with a banner. Uh, alongside that is a goblin mercenary captain with twelve goblins. Um, so I thought Bolg might be able to do some work, but the rest of it is all going to come down to dice rolls. <laughs> Yeah, and those warbats, I must say, I've never played them before, and there are no models for them, so you've got a, a nice proxy model from uh, Age of Sigmar, and they're, they're, they're nasty, they've got the 12-inch move, they've got the two attacks, and they can do the random pluck of uh, pluck a random guy out and, and, and do some damage to them while they're flying over, so you were going for Michael Adrian Corp, great idea, managed to kill one or two, I think, uh, no, just one, but either way, uh, really nasty stuff. Um, the scenario, um, so it's a nice variation of Caesar Prize, thematic and interesting for Scaring of the Shire, which is a Halloween-themed um, tournament. What did you think of the balance of the scenario, though? Because I must say, I thought the, uh, that you suffered quite badly because these guardians were wounding against your courage. Uh, yeah, because they're basically Army of the Dead models, the, cur- the courage three of my evil army really did hamper me whereas you had a lot of elves that could go and fight them uh, keeping your Rohan away um, and the fact they moved before any heroics of course it meant on turn one Bolg of course got caught he killed one but then the next turn he got caught by it because he couldn't heroic move away yeah it's it's an, int- it's an interesting one yeah he got caught so it, I, and because I'm rolling for those dice I got uh, they've got two attacks army of the dead basically like kind of like heralds but but I managed to take out Bog's warg just just with the with the army of the dead guy, which really helped me because if, he, if he'd had that warg, it'd have been devastating. I think I'd, ne- I'd never have survived this this game this long. Um, and also, it managed to take out an ogre as well. So, I mean, I, if it wasn't for those undead guys, I would be smashed. I think in this game. Do you think? Uh, I think it would be a lot tighter. I think with Bog and the ogres being able to focus everything, as well as I got two of the berserkers caught a lot. 
uh, having them all be able to hit your line, I think I would have been able to cripple one flank in Bolg, would have been on his 10 kills, and he probably would have been able to kill the guy with the objective. Because mm. uh, the turn that you got out of the forest, if Bolg was on his wag, he would have been able to heroic combat straight into him, uh, and Theoden and Aemir would have just been mere things in his way. Yeah, I mean, that, that really helped me as well. The, the fact that the objective, the prize, was in the forest. I've got woodland creatures, so I marched straight up. You haven't got anything that could get into the forest at all, really. Um, so I got it on the first turn got dug it up started walking out so it was really advantageous for me straight away um the game ended 4-4 draw um because uh, the, the the slight variation means that you get an you get a vp for having killed more of these guardians these uh, army of the dead variants um but it also meant that i got one less point for um for having the uh, treasure in my own half. If, I, if AMR had done some shonky stuff and managed to push himself over, to the, over the line, then um, it, might have, it would have made the difference out of one. But the game ended, um, and basically it was a four-wall draw because you, you'd done some damage to those guys, mainly because I was throwing them at you, which I guess, although I think, oh, it was a massive downside for you that these Guardians were chopping, it, chopping you up, it gave you the victory in the end, or gave you the draw, I suppose. Uh, yeah, because of... Uh my army's basically strength four across the board and these guys are only d6 it meant that i was able to rack up that point and then at that point i realized because of where you had positioned the objective i was like if i can screen you with my goblins that were blocking you on a terrain piece if i can push bolg into theoden and kill him i can maybe just get the win if i can do that before i break mm. and break you potentially um, but then because we both broke and I just managed to get into Bolg and he, on the last turn of the game, decided to wound you three times and caused Stairton to lose his last fate. I mean, that happens. That happens. You know, I, like, I knew when I'd ran out of might that I, was, I was, wasn't long for this world with uh, Thaird and trapped where he was. Uh, it just mattered who got priority, really. And, you know, that, that's just the way of it. But, uh, yeah, there, I, I made a little mistake. I could, rather than charging goblins, uh, AMA could have potentially let you run away because uh, I'd call a heroic... Uh, move to charge some goblins could have let you run away potentially I mean you might not have done but uh, then charged into a, a, a one of these army of the dead folk potentially bounced off him but it's all lots of potentialies to get that uh, that win in the end but it, 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 I, I felt like I did okay I fought it okay but I, I just think if, if this had been a straight fight you'd have had it so easily I just think you know you, you were killing so many more guys than I was and you know there, there, was a, there was a lot of stuff in your army that would have been horrible had there not been these army of the dead guys hovering around so I think a four all draw is I think I've gotten off lightly actually <laughs> yeah I, th I think it, it would have of course been a, a lot lot closer game but you've got the fight six uh, your red dice we need to get them tested yeah I know I had three or four I had three um, Gardel, uh, no just Galadrim archers fighting they were surrounded by goblins one had four or five goblins on him the other had two or three the other had two each, each time I rolled the dice six with the same dice but then I failed to wound with that same dice so I think it's okay but I still got three, three sixes on those rolls it was, uh, but either way uh, Sean it was a really great really great game and uh, great, to, uh, great to meet over the battle uh, and we've spoken before and stuff but never mess over the table I don't think so either way great game four yeah, all draw it was great fun hopefully play again soon yeah good luck for the next day I mean that's three losses and a draw each well, so. we're still going for the spoon one of us will win it one of us will take <laughs> it we're in, in the running Okay, so game five of the scaring of the Shire, and uh, we're playing Recon, and I'm playing against uh, listener Jason. Hi, Hi, Jason. Yeah, how's and it going? How yeah, good, good. Going? Yeah, well, um, we'll, we'll find out a bit more. <laughs> well, we'll find out a bit more about this game because this was a weird one. But um, first of all, um, you've, you've 
spent the first day four games with an evil army of Angmar, which you've never played before? No, no, I've never played an evil army before. Ever? No, uh, not in a tournament. I've played one game with an Urukai scout list. Right. But uh, you managed to play four. How did yesterday go? Awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. I got shot off by, in four games by, um, by good lists with shooting, basically. I mean, yeah. It kind of highlighted the struggles of the evil armies against uh, good lists if you don't have a way um, to either mitigate shooting or get across the board quickly. Mm. Um, I mean, game one I played against uh, Last Alliance list that had Kirdan, so it's like, what does my list do? It manipulates courage. What does their list do? It ignores courage. So mm. it's like, oh, good, excellent. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a frustrating one. But you're, you're playing with your good army today, and um, yeah. you... You, killed, you quartered my army. I ha- managed to kill only one model. <laughs> you did. But... You did, but you... I managed to squeeze a win because I got, uh, got my guys off the board. So uh, just give us an idea what your list is, first of all, uh, and then we'll talk you through. Um, so this is my favourite favorite list in, in Middle-earth. Um, it's the Halls of Thranduil. So um, I typically run Thranduil on foot, uh, 165 crown armour uh, swords. In my opinion, it's the best way to run him. That's why I run him like that. Then I tend to max out or get as close to maxing out his warband as I can. So in this instance, uh, three palace guard with spear shield, one with banner, five glaives, three sword and shield guys, five bows, and the uh, the little bit of filth that is a sentinel. Mm. Um, then Legolas on nag uh, with a Merkwood cavalry model. Um, and then I find... What I find the list has lacked in my experience so far has been March. Um, so I've allied in a late town captain with two spears, two hand weapon shield, two bows, because that's basically the same points, near and near, doesn't matter, as um, uh, um, uh, Thrandall's Hall's captain that comes with March, so either the Palace Guard or... Um, uh, What's the other one called? Merkwood Captain. Right. Um, so you get the cheap captain plus some bodies uh, yeah, yeah. instead of just a captain. Yeah, basically, like, uh, which I think is better because it gives, obviously, the list more bodies. Um, elves are expensive. You don't get a lot. Uh, I find also with the list, once you go outside of Thranduil's warband, you're not getting the army bonus, and the army bonus is so good that I've found in my own experience that I am drawn to trying to get my elves around Thranduil. So when I've had games or lists that have had 24, 25 elves, excuse me, Anything that's not near Thrandall feels like just weak because elves don't elves don't struggle to win fights. They struggle to kill mm. because they're strength free. Yeah. I mean, obviously Rivendell are good and Lothlórien are good, but they still struggle to kill. But the plus one to wound from Thrandall is just, in my opinion, one of the best army bonuses in the game. I don't think it's too strong because if you remove Thrandall, you remove the army bonus. Now removing Thrandall is not easy, but it's not as hard as some of the uh, other elven lords because he's only defence six. Mm. Um, he's only got three will. Um, I know Crimea River, but <laughs> he can be manipulated by magic. Yeah. Um, and he has no f- way of regenerating his will. And, it, and in fact, that did happen um, in this yeah, game. I, the, I, I cast two compels on Thranduil. The first one, you, didn't, you chose not to resist, pushed him back. Yeah. The second one, you chose to resist and you got it off on two dice. You still had one more just, yeah. to, uh, just for, I suppose, for Aura Dismay potentially later or something um, like that. Well, yeah, because the Aura Dismay is free, but it's exhaustion. So I wanted to make sure I had the point of will so that if I did get it off, and actually I forgot about it... Um, but I let the first compel go off because I thought the lines weren't going to meet that turn. So sure, you move Thrandall back, but all right, fine. You've used two or three of your will. Um, some of the Witch King's life gone. I don't need Thrandall to be on the front line this turn. Uh, I was quite happy to 
resist the important one, which I did on the next turn, and then he goes in with the nature's wrath, which he, he did, and then you unfortunately. Um, I took four will at it and uh, didn't get. I got. A, I think it was twos and ones and stuff. Uh, I know a, a three, a three, and I didn't have three might at that point. So already used. I think he'd used might to a heroic move in that turn to make sure I didn't tag the Witch King to stop his magic, which is the correct play. Yeah. So I think. Um, yeah, I mean, name nature's wrath. Uh, nature's wrath still still baller. Like, even though it's only three inches, like you can use it to knock down a load of stuff. Or like I'm quite happy to do, as happened in this game, is get get the enemy, the opponent's big hero, and be like, "What do you want to do? Do you want to throw free will at it? If you throw free will at it, you're throwing resources at it." Now a lot of people will be like, "Oh, this will. You've got no more spells." But if I've got all of dismay up, and then you can't yeah. get your heroes in, and then as happened against you, the amount of times people roll that four. That. And then they're like, mm, okay, I'll throw two might at it. That's I'm the like, thing. I could, I, if I had got the four, it would have been a big decision because, yeah. and and as it, had, I mean, you did end up killing all of those Moranans. There must have been six or so in there, and Gothmog and uh, the Witch King were knocked over, so neither of them were killing anything. Yeah. You'd already taken the will off for the combat, obviously. Gothmog, Gothmog, in fairness, he was dismounted by Legolas because I, he went, Gothmog went in. Oh yes, that's right. He was out of the range of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of the reasons I like Legolas on horse. It gives him that maneuverability because Legolas shot out the Witch King's horse early on so I, like, I don't want him running around with, my, uh, with magic and being mobile. And then I waited till Gothmog went in and was like, right, now I'll shoot Gothmog's warg. And if I had to burn all of his might, I'd burn all of his might because then Gothmog can't strike on the turn he goes in. He can win the fight, but he can't strike. And if he's not killing... Do you know what I mean? At that point, I'm like, GG. And, and, and to be fair, your, your list is built in, in so many clever little shenanigans. Like, you've got the, um, the Sentinel that, that pulls the banner away. You've got yeah, you Lego. Oh, I <laughs> hated that. So, the first time, I was like, oh, crap. I forgot about that. Second time, I was like, right, I've got to work out how, how to avoid this. And I, was, I just didn't have any bodies by that point because you'd smashed, yeah. smashed me so much. I was like, oh, well, I, I don't know whether I'm going to handle this. He's also he, he's one of the tools that the list has to deal with things like shades because mm. the shades only cover one if your opponent rolls like a six a five or six or a seven then they're going to spell, spend the shades will to keep the shade in the fight mm. well if you're getting rid of three or four of the shades will just for them to keep the shade in the quicker you get rid of the shade the quicker that army falls apart yeah and i've also had it before where if, if they've got a one will hero you can do that on them because they don't and then they'll use their will because they don't want to be commanded into so you can just charge them then thrandall goes in and nature's wrath them so you can just set up these really nice little combos and punches and it's such a Tricksy little tool. Well, and, and it, it it worked in the sense that I, as I said, I killed one model, which was yeah, yeah. Uh, the the one Merkwood uh, cavalry yeah. that was running off. And just because I'd had three, I won priority twice uh, and yeah, trapped three, it twice, times. basically. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, three. So, uh, so I just managed to get the charge three times and eventually kill it. Um, and eventually, I didn't roll a six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> elf tech, <laughs> elf technology sixes on on every dice, and you you win. And um, but in the middle, we've got these massive terrain pieces. Uh, yeah. Like that are blocking huge swathes of line of sight, not just for the models but for us, <laughs> so we can actually see stuff behind yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and there was a channel in the middle, and my whole game plan was yeah, get, br- draw you into this channel, mm. and I'll send um, my wags, my three wags, and a few Moranans around to get off the board. Um, and, and you kind of took the bait um, in the sense, but. I don't really have a choice. No, I mean, that was the thing. Like, you're right, I did go for the middle, but where else, I mean, obviously the listeners can't see the board, but where else do I go? Yeah, there, there, there's, there's a, there's a terrain piece on the left yeah, yeah, yeah. that's blocking, so there's a very small, maybe six-inch channel that yeah, yeah. weaves in through to the wards of the left, and on the right-hand side there's this huge terrain piece that's about 
eight inches wide, angled slightly in, in a funny way, so that it means that you kind of do have to go there because you're deployed on the left-hand side of the battlefield. Well, it's not only that. Like, I, if I, whatever way I go, you go the other way around those features, yeah. and you've got more models. Yeah. So you win. Yeah. And I've got the wags, which are, which so are running to, away. I had to. The shortest route was through the middle, and I had to go there and hope you came in, which you did. And I was just hoping, like, either I got one model off or two, which I, I didn't do. Or I broke you and killed your leader, which I did do, but you managed to... If you had broken the turn before, I mean, it's all ifs, buts and maybes, yeah. then you probably failed the courage test that got the extra model off the board, which turned the game from being a draw to a win. Yeah. But that's a this dice-based game yeah. where these happen. And, and it, it, it was an interesting one, because there was that... There, there was a horrible... I think I think we were saying earlier on, it was probably the worst uh, at the time of the Orc I've ever encountered. I challenge anyone to find one that's worse. Yeah. When you call time of the Orc and you lose eight models and don't kill anything... <laughs> it's, it was pretty bad. I mean, I'm fighting L, so, so I guess... And by that point, I'd already lost a f- the, the people to the Wrath. So, Because I was going to call it on the first turn that I had... To, or, but yeah. then the Wrath happened, so no point then. But then I was just thinking, oh, this is disastrous. <laughs> Eight yeah. guys down, uh, time of the Orc gone. Gothmog and the Witch King uh, had no mounts, so I'd had so little killing power. But Thranduil yeah, was giving hugs out all the days. Just so many, so many, so many oh, attacks. Oh, it was great, though. Like, I mean... Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I think that the, you won the game, but I think it was a bit... I'd be interested why you can answer the question now. There was that turn where you put something like four models around Thranduil and a spear support. And I don't know if it's just frustration and you were hoping that I didn't roll a six, but at that point, as we discussed, you've given me seven dice. Yeah. Like, and then obviously he went all Princess Fiona out of Shrek. And, the, uh, the, re- the reason was I wanted to, I, I wanted to not have you heroic combat into stuff because yeah. fight seven you've got you'd be heroic combating to my heroes that was the reason I did it yeah. but um, I, and I, I thought oh, on balance you probably won't kill all of them well, you, and you didn't kill all of them but I, either way it, it was still oh, a I big I spear support <laughs> no ex- exactly but uh, either way I was thinking oh, I, the chances are uh, you're not, you're not going to call a heroic combat this turn which is what I didn't want because I didn't want Thranduil smacking into my uh, uh, witch king didn't matter anyway. The Witch King died. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, though, and also in hindsight, that's another moment that sort of won you the game because you lost models. The, the, the point where you went from being broken to the game ending was maybe two turns yeah. because after you were broken, it just it just evaporated. It, and w- it was exactly two turns because yeah, because because yeah. you'd killed the leader. I didn't have the, stand, the Hero of Legend standfast in the middle, so I could choose to take the courage checks for all those orcs and try and get some guys running away rather than doing standfasts. You still wouldn't. You could have still taken their courage checks first and then done no, his last. You I don't have enough. to do yeah. his first, which, was, which is the correct play, because at that point you're like, well, I just need this game to end at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a perfect example. Keep your eye on this scenario, and you can, you know, yeah, like you say, you killed one model, but you won, so it doesn't really matter. I, I, I think, it, how do you... Because um, there was a... There was a heroic move that you called with uh, Legolas on the side of this terrain piece, which meant you either had to go in front of the terrain piece or behind. And in front meant you were in the centre to killing all the middle guys, and behind it meant you were killing the guys who were going off the board. I think had you had you gone with killing the guys off the board, you'd have easily won. Um, but Possibly, yeah. yeah, but I, I, either way, and, and I think that that might have been the the eye on the scenario bit that, that I was just thinking, ah, oh, crap, you've, you've got the heroic move there, and you were measuring things for the wags to see see if they were going to charge you, mm. but I, I was never going to charge you, and, and and I think I think if had you just in that that one decision um, might have. Would have would have definitely changed it. I think because I wouldn't have got anything off the table, uh, and instead I got three things. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, 
yeah, it's all learning, isn't it? Yeah, hindsight is a wonderful thing, of course, it is, and it's though, very yeah. easy to, to th- especially when it goes as badly as it did for me in the middle. It's very easy to think, yeah, yeah, you've got you've got the upper hand easily, and I was thinking, oh shit, I've, I and I thought I'd lost. I just thought I'd lost. Yeah. That's what I said to you. Just keep playing the scenario, and yeah. you'll get it. I mean, this is only my fourth tournament, so I'm, I don't get to play a lot of games outside of uh, tournaments. So I use tournaments to to learn. Yeah. I was happy. I just got to play my good list yeah. finally instead of being because if, to be fair, if I had to play your your good list and my evil list, you would have won it by a much greater margin because you've got Rivendell, uh, not uh, yeah, Rivendell, I've Rohan. Got, I've got cur- the Courage of the Elves and I've got uh, some Bodyguard guys as well, well so I get your negates your terror and also I've got so much shooting. You've got so much shooting, so much mobility that, and I've got no march so I walk across the board for three or four, five turns basically getting shot to pieces. Um, the mobility I've got gets shot off the board and your mobility doesn't so you would have, I would, that wouldn't even have been a close game. Yeah. You would have just smashed me. Um, I mean, I still think you smashed me because I got one. I got one kill, and I think that's that's bad. And it just shows how well your army was built. If it was a different scenario, uh, you know, to the death or whole ground oh, I feel or like anything else, I've yeah. been like P Diddy in the club, like cash money fifties <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> well, either way, Jason, it's an absolute pleasure to play yeah, you. It's, uh, it's a good laugh and uh, a pleasure to talk to you afterwards. Yeah, Thank man, you for the no game. Thanks a lot. Cheers. So game six out of seven for the scaring of the Shire, and we've been playing Lords of Battle, and I was playing Donal. Um, and Donal, first of all, uh, could you just give us a rundown of what's in your your army? Because there's a lot of dwarves there. Mm. Well, it's your basic box package treat. So I started with a box of warriors, uh, so the full twenty-four complement. Then I threw in uh, a captain and a banner out of the dwarf command. Uh, I went for Balin and Floy because I just like the Kingdom of Moria. They're pretty cool. Although I would say Doran is better. And then I sprinkled in five Khazad Guard and three Iron Guard. And how have you found it so far? Because a lot of people, and I, I must say I particularly, I, I rate a Durin and the Hearthguard. How have you found the rest of the, uh, the guys there? Um, well, Durin and the Hearthguard are more obviously good, I would say. Um, Balin is completely different to Durin, completely different. Even though he has some of the same things, having two wounds, one faith, two attacks... He's just not Durin, so don't treat him like Durin. Treat him like you want to. You want to get him fighting one guy every time and killing it, and then maybe getting in on a hero with a few bodies and just mugging him. Um, having Floy is great. You don't get that with Durin. Just having the ability to just go, no, that particular thing that your army is kind of half based off of, I'm actually just going to turn that off for a while. Like a crown of Morgul, for example. Like a crown of Morgul, for example. Or say, for example, playing against goblins in a grudge match against Durin's Bane. And he's like, cool, so I'll get free heroic combat. And he's like, not for three turns, he won't. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you're going to fight a dwarf. Yeah, one dwarf, and (laughs) that's it. One lucky dwarf shielding away. Beat him a few times. Really? Well, well, there you go. And that uh, that is in itself is is enough to it was enough to frustrate me in this uh, setup. Not not in a in a sense that I was angry, but in a it's frustrated my uh, my my battles uh, battle plans, I suppose. Although I think I did let myself down a little bit because I didn't get the witchkin in early enough Mm -hmm. anyway. So Mm -hmm. um, we we set up on a gladden fields kind of battle. There's a river in the centre within a sealed or floating in it, uh, and some hills and some barren. Mm-hmm. There were two barriers on either side of the river that we were sort of fighting over for Lords of Battle. Uh, and you wisely put your bows behind uh, the two barriers. Yeah. Uh, and I was going, well, I wish I'd brought some bows. So I have to go towards you. And then, of course, you're fighting with the barriers. Yeah. Uh, and there wasn't quite enough room for me to get both Gothmog and the Witch King and yeah. a few other guys into the middle. So I had to commit Gothmog. I thought, well, I'm, I'll get the um, Time of the Orc mm-hmm. if I do that. But... 
suffice to say, the, def the high defense of the Orcs, and in particular the high fight value, was a real struggle uh, for yeah, me. Mass fight 4 is a real problem for Mordor. Yeah. A real, real problem for Mordor. If you come up against anything that's just all higher fight, you need to outnumber them severely. Yeah. And it just wasn't coming It just wasn't coming to the fore here because I outnumbered you from the start, so you were also missing your Mordor bonus. Exactly. I was going to say, what, do you, what did you think of my, my list? Because um, obviously I've gone with the two big heroes mm -hmm. and a relatively elite, if in quotes, even though they're not that elite, Moran and Orcs. Yeah. Um, I like it. I think at 600, if you're not going to do the Felbeast, which is fine, because your army would be really small, um, Witch King's got to get in there. He's, he's got to get in as, as quick as you can. Um, so I think when used aggressively, it'll do well. Definitely, yeah. definitely, when, when used super aggressively. So, I mean, Gothmog got in early, which was good. Um, and then, like, you know, it's just the nature of the game. You didn't win any heroic move roll-offs. Yeah, I think it was. I didn't win any of those, and also you kept winning priority, which forced me yep. to spend my might rather yep. than me letting Master of the Battle go yeah. get an action. That was a big advantage for me, just basically just going cool. I won priority. You yeah. call one. Go yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah I don't then, mind. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I'm then you call one anyway. I was going to say that's yeah. the thing. So, so I, I, I suffered in the, the sense of that, and mm. so I guess I just didn't capitalize on that. Yeah. And and, and there were just seemed so many dwarves hovering around that yeah. I could never quite get the Witch King yeah, in. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and I suppose and when you did when I did get the Witch King into two combats or something like that. One. Uh, on your terms and one on mine. Yeah, and yeah. you negated the crown by uh, I turned off his crown because it said in the book, chapter six, sorry, your crown, crown doesn't actually work. Ah, yeah. ah, turns out. It's right here. Chloe recorded it. It's like, sorry, there's actually a problem with that crown. Told the dwarf, and the dwarf is like, hey, that's, that's a fake crown. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a, an amusing thought, and it's good, and, and it worked perfectly for you. And I did manage to get a wound off Barlin yeah. in a lucky combat because I struck against a captain with Gothmog, yeah. and you decided to... Well, try and t try your luck basically against him. Yeah, yeah, I did a heroic combo with Balin, and I was looking at the banner. I was like, I've got a good shot at this banner. But then I said, I'll have a crack off of Gothmog because it was his last point of might. So I said, if he doesn't roll a six, I can probably jump him. Mm. And you did roll a six, but ha if you hadn't, I'd be fairly confident of him dying. Oh yeah, he yeah. would have gone down like a ton of bricks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, either way, it was uh, it was interesting. So Gothmog, in the end, it ended up what was it eight one to you? So yeah. um, that that one. Uh, uh, victory point from uh, wounding Barlin was the uh, was the one that gave, came to me, but yeah. you'd managed to double me uh, in terms of just mm. just under uh, tripling me uh, by only a few points here. Between there. the two, I think it was it was pretty close. Either yeah. way, we didn't we didn't bother telling it up yeah. in full because we know it's definitely double, not triple. Yeah. Uh, and I got about was it twelve guys yeah, there's, killed? There's ten dead, and then there's a, a fair point and a wound off of Balin, yeah. who um, really did everything you need Balin to do, which is just put you know hang around, chip away at a few guys, and then it's like ah the moment to get some one is here let's go get him and the, the crucial bit was that, that you had, had you did exactly what you're saying he just he's just winning the fights mm -hmm. killing stuff over yeah. on this flank and yeah. looking at that side of the board uh, on your right uh, mm -hmm. there's two orcs left yeah. on the other side of the board there's four orcs yeah. left so I mean it, it just shows and I think that's the way to Berlin it's a classic dwarf tactic hammer and anvil um, I'd, I'd say I executed it reasonably well I could have actually done it much more stingily if I really wanted to but I decided to go aggressive on the left as well because mm. I had an iron guard and I said oh, sod it I'll give it a go but if I wanted to do it even more stingily because of the way the board is set up which is just really horrible for you because the mission is already advantageous to me I could have completely anchored the left behind this weird looking piece of rubble here yeah. and just 
hid behind all of that and said, yeah, you can come over here and fight me if you want, and then just pushed on the right with my heroes. Yeah. So Balan, the captain, all my extra guys over here, and just roll up the line like a carpet. Absolutely. I'm just, just to paint a picture, the, uh, and we mentioned those two barriers in the centre. There's about sort of seven, six, seven inches in between the two barriers. Yeah. And then on the left, the, the weird-shaped rubble, which looks like a little hook, yeah, uh, leaves a, just a free, probably a... Looks g- like a, a boomerang. Yeah, it looks like a boomerang, and there's three bases worth of gap between the two barriers. So, yeah, yeah if, if you had fallen back, I'd have been filtered through there or mm-hmm. jumping over and slowing yeah. down. Uh, yeah, you, you could have done that, but I think because you had the fight four, you had the high strength, you had the axes, and you had the iron guards and stuff. The throwing weapons in particular did a, did a couple of kills. Yeah, they, got, they did all right, they did yeah. all right. I think mainly it was the fact that I outnumbered you from the start. Mm. So once I got, a, like, the first turn of combat, I think I got four guys. And I was like, okay, I'm outnumbering you by eight already. Mm. So I'm like, all right, well, let's just push these numbers and see what happens and basically give you problems on both sides mm. rather than resting on the left and just having you go, well, if you're going to rest on the left, I'll just move everything yeah. away and just sod your, sod your barrier, sod your defensive position. I'm coming around where I'm, where I'm getting my ass kicked and I'll fight over here. And then you could have brought your entire army to bear on one side of mine in theory. So it probably was better in the end to push. Well, obviously it worked. Yeah. Well, you won. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, eight-one as well. Worked. So yeah. you know, not yeah, exactly yeah. by a, a slither of a margin. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing I was going to say, a uh, final thing, and um, in terms of my army build or the way I played it, what would you improve? Maybe say one of each. What would you improve if you were changing my army list? And what would you improve if I, if you were to play, if you were playing it yourself against your yeah. army? If I was playing it against me, honestly. Um, I think one thing you could probably afford to do because you had 16 will and the crown. Mm, anytime you go ahead of me, you could have afforded, I think, to sit back and just spam some black darts with rerolls mm. and try and take out Balan before you went in. Um, that potentially could have been something you do. The other option is to um, get all the um, get all the infantry up and occupy my line and sweep your heroes around on one side. Um, the center center didn't do them any favors because they never really broke through. Yeah. Uh, Witch King was two reserves, so it's kind of basically if you want to reserve him, reserve him, I would say, and sit back with your, do your magic sniping, just went pew pew like that. Um, or if you want to be aggressive, go aggressive, but the Witch King's got to get in and do some damage for you. Yeah. Um, try and find a hero, transfix it, uh, compel it, whatever, get it out on its own, jump it, uh, strike up, and. I think I think that was the thing. I, I I didn't I didn't use the Witch King well enough at all. I mean, I could have even uh, got. I'd, I'd had a chance to sap um, the uh, the will off uh, off uh, thingy as well, um, Floyd, which would have been really useful. Yep, um, I, have yeah, I could have done that, and then I wouldn't wouldn't have had the crown thing. A lot of I did forget to use the Witch King properly at all. And I was I did I think I transfixed Balin once or tried to. Uh, no, you black darted. Black darted him once, and uh, and I failed to do you something. Failed to wound, you failed to wound the first black darted, which was unlucky. Um, and then the second, the, se- one the second one you went off and then I remembered I was defense 8 so I was like oh it's not a 3 plus I'll just, I'll just uh, I'll sit here and take it and it ended up costing you my point as well and I passed my fate roll luckily yeah that was your only fate as well which yeah. was it, it was lucky uh, yeah I think that, that's, that's probably right I, I didn't use lads considering it's yeah. about a third of my army or just under a third of my army 100 and something points yeah. uh, I probably should be using the Witch King much better um, in, in, term, uh, in terms of the army build would, would you change anything what would you change uh, I don't no, I'm not overly familiar with Mordor myself. Um, in terms of the build, nothing's jumping to mind right now. Maybe because you're playing Mordor rather than Gothmog's Legion, I might be inclined to sprinkle in 
maybe two. See the way I've got a few iron guards sprinkled in, just for a little bit of extra whatever. Maybe a few black guard of Barador mm. might be no harm. Uh, yeah. Just on the way you've built the list, now it's more expensive toys, so you're going to get even smaller, mm. uh, which is another drawback. But, I don't know, it could be worth a go, potentially, uh, just to do something a little different. The other option maybe is... I don't know, 600 is already very tight. See, yeah. I was thinking, do you think uh, maybe having um, Mordor orcs as spears in the back rather than mm. the Moranan orcs? Because then I might get a few extras. Yeah. I don't know, I'm not, not many more. but I think typically when you're doing the spear line at the back, um, getting it to do something for you, whatever that something is, is important. So in your case, it's giving you extra strength four, mm. which is, you know, don't, don't rule that out. I mean, like against me, Strength three and strength four largely is the same, but I got a few. I got a good few defense six guys in there. I got maybe a quarter of my army's defense six. Mm. Iron Guard are def six as well, so don't underestimate that that uh, strength four. But typically, you see things like you know elves backing up hobbits or men yeah, or yeah, something exactly. like that. Yeah. So you want to be contributing something when you're supporting. If you were to do mortar orcs behind them, you'd basically be buying yourself more points. If you were to switch them all to mortar orcs, I think you'd probably keep the same numbers and get a few black guard in there. Mm. And I think black guard are five five. Is that yeah. right? Or no, they're strength uh, five. They're strength, they're strength five. Yeah, yeah. Well, that could potentially help you out. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't played Mordor since 2004. <laughs> so they've changed a bit. They have an army bonus now. Yeah, you know? this is true. Slight changes. Very it's, slight changes. I think it's a difficult one. I, I think perhaps I've, I've probably invested too much in those two big heroes. And mm. I'm... Or... And certainly in this game perhaps in the others I haven't really utilised them well enough but either way uh, we'll we'll finish there because we've been talking a while Um, Donal thanks very much for the game well done on the 8-1 victory and best luck in the last game thank you very much best luck to you in your last one as well cheers Right, so the final game of Scaring of the Shire, and uh, it was Heirlooms of Ages Past, uh, a fun little mission to end on, considering this was the bottom table playing against Sean, uh, basically fighting out for the, uh, the spoon, Sean. We met earlier on and we had that draw, so it's, this time it was a matter of who, who came out on top. So first of all, we had to swap armies. So uh, last time I was using my good against you, so I used my evil, which is the Witch King, Gothmog, and so on. What was your good army? Uh, so I was running the Grey Company Legendary Legion, so I had Aragorn, he had his armour, his bow and his cloak, with Legolas with his armour and cloak, uh, Gimli with his cloak, uh, Halbrad with the banner, uh, three rangers of the north and one with a spear, and I was 591 points, but technically I had 40 points free. Because you got Andrew for free uh, in the Legion. Now, uh, this one, we, we were furiously trying to get the, the spot prize. So uh, in this tournament, we've been, people have been giving spot out little prizes for the first person to do things, which was, uh, in this one, was heirlo- uh, finding the heirloom first. We were furiously fast at doing it, but still someone managed to get there first. But, uh, that was the frustrating start. Yeah, I, I, I think... Yeah, because of course I have so little models, so it was literally, we only had half the, an army's worth of movement to do, and yet somebody still managed to get it there before us. Um. It was, it was annoying, but uh, the game, uh, once we sort of started, we slowed down a bit and were taking it relatively sedately, um, it still managed to finish, oh, about, how, how, how long was it, about an hour? Yeah, about an hour. So, so not particularly fast. What went wrong for you? What do you think went wrong? Uh, si- uh, needing sixes on the dice because uh, of course I'm running a full hero army I need to be able to um, win all the fights and Halbrad helps that uh, a double one on a will, will roll for Aragorn when the Witch King charged into him transfixed him for a turn uh, when I, I still have my three point of might from Aragorn as well so if I could have survived that it would have meant that I didn't have to burn so much might from Legolas, Halbrad and Gimli to free him up mm. which I managed to do but didn't wasn't able to capitalise on it because from every turn after that I lost the fights because 
you were able to strike up. I was heroic defensing. Uh, Legolas died because he couldn't roll a four on t- three dice. Um, and then one of the ranges of the north was probably the bane of your existence. Yeah, I mean, he's still standing. Uh, no one else is on your side. And you've taken out a fair few orcs, but um, not enough to break me. I think what really went wrong was that the, I got the objective. Um, it was the last one. I'd, I'd cleverly moved over objectives, leaving two uh, in my sort of behind my lines. So I knew I was going to get the objective no matter what, pretty much. Um, but you kind of went for it. You went gunned in, jumped in, like charged headlong into a line when I had, uh, I'd lost priority so I could kind of wrap around and strike and all this sort of stuff, which meant that, that Aragorn had that potential of having me... Um, zapping with the with the witch king and all that sort of stuff which i don't think you were, had perhaps seen uh, the because the, he was quite he was sort of took behind a load of guys so i had to move around a few guys out of the way to get him and and transfix him but either way uh, once once you'd committed in that you sent all the guys it was it was almost all, all the eggs in one one basket which opened you up to all you needed to was to not win that one combat and then it all it all was like a house of cards really it all fell down after that yeah because you had the objective behind your line um to be honest i needed to do that big push trying to cripple into mm. uh, i knew that it was a good risk that w- the witch king was going to go into aragon i was mm. kind of hoping for that but i also thought with the three point of my aragon on full stats uh, i should have been able to well on average dice rolls resist it because i would have got should have rolled a four on two dice spend a mic point and a free one, get a six, which means the Witch King going into him is more of a risk mm. um, because by the time I actually got out of, got everyone out of the fight, I could have peeled it so it was a one-on-one fight, the Witch King versus Aragorn. And you fancy chances there with your Andril. Yeah, because um, even on tied dice rolls, I should go to an Elven Blade. Yeah, and you should win, although one of the, time, one of the times you did, uh, you did lose it on the two. Uh, yeah. the two. I will put down I am a 100% success rate on not winning Elven Blade rolls when I have the Elven Blade. That's, that's pretty, pretty shocking. And it, and it was unlucky. There was a lot of stuff that went wrong for you. And I just wonder whether, had you carried on sniping with, the, uh, with Legolas and hovered around with some bows and fired arrows at me, that maybe you'd have taken out banners, you'd have taken out some wounds out of the Witch King and all that sort of stuff. You, you unseated both of them from the wargs. I wonder whether if you just carried on doing that, you might have got a, much more of a lead. Uh, the issue I found with that is you could quite easily move the orc behind scenery with the Witch King stood next to him, mm. so that um, by the, when you become break, broken, you then take all your courage tests on your orcs before your heroes, mm. which quarters yourself. You then get a six point where uh, yeah, we would end up with a, I would have broke you and we both would have had banners because mm. you're going to hit it. It would have still been a six two win to you. So my thinking was I need to break through to you. Because I, I had Quickly Gimli before that, all yeah, had away, Gimli yeah. and Halbrad on the flank, and my thinking was I could force Halbrad and Gimli out. Use I was actually baiting Aragorn out, hoping that he would win it. Because I was just going to call heroic defence when the Witch King went in, and you did, went, you yeah. did, and it worked. Yeah. I, I, it, it, he survived. I took maybe one wound, I think, which yeah. was some, saying something considering I had about five or six orcs and the Witch King there. Yeah, because of the transfix, it caused Gimli and Halbrad to come backwards because they were actually going to mm. go past your line into go for the objective. I. I would have lost the, the, uh, my leader, but it took four turns for you to do it. But it would have meant that most of the orcs that surrounded would have been going for Gimli mm. while Halbrad hunted down the objective and the ranger that you couldn't kill would go and meet them taking out models. It? Yeah, so there's kind of a, a sort of a, a pincer with, with the hammer in the middle being Aragorn and, uh, and Gimli perhaps. But 
everyone around it sort of hoping to curve around the edges but alas that because I suppose the, that problem happened in the middle with the transfix that you kind of had to relieve his his problems and then that meant you were never going to really get to that yeah, guy because I'd moved him off by then hadn't yeah, I yeah it was the double one transfix which meant I couldn't call any heroics which had an air with Gothmog the Witch King and five other orcs fighting Aragorn I couldn't call the heroic defence I had to peel it off so Legolas went into the Witch King unfortunately died even though he had full fate full wounds Gimli went into um, Gothmog won the fight but didn't wound Uh, Halbrad didn't successfully kill the Warg which wasn't the end of the world it was more I wanted Gimli to push round to the side but he had to save Aragorn that turn which crippled my plan which at that point it was a big regret throwing everything forwards Probably should have thrown the third dice for the will for the resist for Aragorn, but I wanted to have that one in the bank for the next turn. Yeah, I think it makes sense, and, and that, that's the problem with these all hero lists. Is I, I've, I've felt this before when I've played with Sauron and things like that. You, you, you're putting all of your points into one thing in the middle, and all it takes is one bad turn, uh, one unlucky roll, or a couple of unlucky rolls in your well, more than a couple <laughs> for you, to be fair. Um, and, and then, of course, it all falls apart. And, and that, that you, the hope is, you know, on four dice, I don't know what the statistics are, but I think it's some, like, something like 70 something percent chance of you, 80 or 70, 80 percent uh, of you winning. So, you know, most of the time you are going to win that and get that six, but sadly, not in this occasion. Yeah, because if Aragorn survives to the point where Gothmog and Witch King have ran out of might, all of a sudden they're terrified of him. The Aragorn becomes the scariest thing on the board uh, which was kind of my plan it was I probably sacrifice Aragorn worst case Gimli gets the objective and now you have to fight a fight eight straight uh, fight value six defense eight dwarf with no might or um yeah, well, what happened then when I um, double one, failed all my rolls, and everyone got wiped out by one lone ranger? Yeah, and even if the first time I've ever managed to do a time with the orc that's actually been successful, uh, I got some wounding bonuses against Aragorn. I got some, uh, some. I killed the rangers because of it, and you know, that, after that, sadly, Sean, that was that was it. It was a twelve nil in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Sad. Uh, unlucky, unlucky. I mean, what did you think of my force in in general? Because I, I know you, I, I think you were probably. Uh, I don't know. I don't know whether you were, you were fancying your chances with this. What did you think? Um, I'm a big fan of Moranin's. Uh, I used a list similar at Articon with, but it was all just Fortitude Heroes, and I know the strength of them. Uh, the Witch King kind of scares me a bit because of the fact he's on a horse with the wheel. He can just sit back. Once Aragorn runs out of wheel, Aragorn's transfixed every turn. So really, my logic was he need. I only had a few turns for Aragorn because if I sit back, do the sniping, you just drain courage or transfix Aragorn to the point where he's got no will, and then my biggest threat piece is crippled and you just black dart him every turn. I was going to say, I think I'd be black darting him from the start. Yeah, so then sooner or later Aragorn just falls. Uh, Legolas, yeah, he can snipe, but I'm not pushing through to that objective. That objective, if it's hiding at the back with one of your heroes, even if I break you, you quarter yourself, you win the game anyway. So I need. I think the plan was right to just do the force in mm. just needed a roll higher than a double one <laughs> yeah I think that's fair to say well Sean either way uh, cracking tournament you do will, well you will walk away with the uh, the wooden spoon which is I suppose a consolation at least I'm going to be just dwindling here at the bottom tables with nothing to show for it you get a spoon to take away yeah I can now class myself as an award winning middle earth player yeah so. I think I think I'll take that yeah. <laughs> good game <laughs> yeah, Sean great cheers, game, Harry. cheers. cheers. Okay, so the scaring of the Shire, uh, the man behind the magic, uh, is James Wilson. Uh, now, this is a, an East Anglia Hobbit community event. Just explain, first of all, what, what that is. Um, the East Anglia Hobbit community is like, um, it's pretty much a gaming group that covers pretty much the whole of the east of England. So we started out about three, four, five years ago. It was just, there was about three or four of us would get together every month and 
we sort of play some we played some scenario gaming we decided to play some competitive gaming and over the last few years our community has really expanded and now we've got over 250 members wow that's that's a big that's a big expansion from three yeah we're kind of as we've gone on we've invited friends to come kind of the area's expanded people have gone to like their various local gaming groups and said hey there's this great big community that's covering the east of anglia and what we try to arrange is we try to arrange maybe monthly meetings. Uh, they're held at various locations across East Anglia. We've hosted events here in Epping. We've hosted them in Colchester. We've done them in Basingstoke. We've done them in Norwich. So, as you can see, we cover quite an expansive area of the UK. <clears throat> and we've got a few honorary members dotted here, there and everywhere. So... It's just, it's a really good place for everyone to get together and just <clears throat> enjoy some, some gaming. So, yeah, and I just want to quick uh, focus on the, uh, the uh, scenario side of that because, uh, just for a second, because um, I mean, this is the way I play the game mostly, and I know I've met you uh, over in competitive tournaments. Yeah. And, and how, how many uh, scenario play, players do you get? How often do you do them? And, and do you enjoy that side of the game? Because obviously the competitive scene sort of becomes the, the thing if you're doing travelling to tournaments like I do. Yeah, I will admit sometimes with our league meetings, we kind of, what we've decided to do, we run a, um, a league over the course of the year. So what that is, you play a certain number of games and at the end of the year, your best five results are taken towards the final standing. So around about November, December time, we'll have the league finale and whoever wins that will be crowned the winner of the league but we might set aside a day or two where we say do you know what we just want to get together and play some narrative scenarios Mm. Um, as an example the other weekend we all got together and fought the um, big battle of Pelagia so where you've got uh, the army of the dead the three hunters the rangers of the north and like the clansmen uh, fighting against the corsairs of Umbar so Again, because um, one of our community members, Sam, is running a, he's basically playing a narrative campaign. Mm. So we were kind of thinking towards the end of the year, as a sort of end of year festive blowout, would be to play a massive uh, multiplayer game that features the two Blackgate Hill scenarios. And, and do, you, do you like those games more or less, do you think, than the, the competitive side? Um, I think the narrative play is a little bit, probably a little bit more fun than competitive play because you essentially you're reenacting the actual story from The Lord of the Rings. And kind of in with that, you can throw in some interesting, uh, you can throw in some interesting tweaks, especially if you play it in campaign format. You could kind of have a situation where, say, Boromir survives Armon Hen and over the course of the campaign makes it all the way back to Minas Tirith. So it kind of like with him commanding the defence of the White City, you can kind of create a few little themed bonuses to kind of say, like, Boromir inspires their presence so mm. like he you could treat him as a hornblower because he's fighting on the walls of Minas Tirith in the Plenor Horn of Gondor blaring and yeah all the men take courage from that or you could kind of have what happens if the orcs lose the assault on Osgiliath so you can kind of you can kind of change the entire narrative of the Lord of the Rings just by rolling a few dice, which is a fantastic thing in narrative play. Well, that sounds fantastic. And so, away from narrative and to the competitive nature of, of this tournament, and you've got a few uh, shonky scenarios. Let's put it that way. Uh, that you well, one one scenario that you've thrown in there just to sort of uh, uh, keep things interesting. So, um, yeah. could you give us a rundown of? The, the scenario um, I, I don't know where this will come in the podcast but hopefully before the scenario or something either way well, let's explain the scenario it's like Seize the Prize but with a few variations yeah um, we kind of I have to give a credit to um, Mid-Sucks 6 Wargamers and their special scenario Wargonation 
Um, and what that is, you've got several objectives dotted around the battlefield and they spawn wargs over the course of the battle and you earn victory points by killing them. So we kind of thought as well, with an event in the middle of October, let's have uh, just do something a little bit different and maybe throw in like a sort of a Halloween spooky scenario. So I kind of came up, I thought, after banding a few scenarios around, like one where you've got to like fight off a host of undead, which we kind of... We initially toyed with that, decided it wasn't going to work, and so we decided to go on an amended version of Seize the Prize. And what it was loosely based on is way back in the old Harad sourcebook, which mm, came out probably about maybe ten years ago now, I think. Yeah, it, I'm thinking that scenario the, the, in the city of, what's it called? The Ruins of Karna. So That's yeah, it, Karna. There's, there's a scenario where you're trying to recover an artefact, but there's like a... Um, a group of ghosts who are trying to do the same thing. So essentially they're trying to reclaim it because it belongs to their city. So I kind of experimented with that and decided let's have some ghosts guarding the treasure. So the idea would be if you killed more ghosts than your opponent, you'd get victory points for that. But So just one for that, isn't it? It was just one for that. And so like the main focus on the scenario was still seize the prize and get off your opponent's ball edge. But we kind of as well wanted to add in a fun little element of whoever killed the most ghosts would get a, um, a special prize at the end of the event and fortunately we do have a clear winner so they will be getting a prize later on so looking quite forward to announcing that um, in terms of actually playing the scenario we did we tried to fit in as much playtesting as we could and we unearthed quite a few issues that we tried to fix with later rewrites it went through about three or four rewrites before we got to the version we are now and in terms of playing, quite a few people enjoyed the scenario yesterday because... I, I, I must say, I, I just interrupt you there, sorry, because I, I definitely enjoyed the scenario. I, I did feel, though, because I got the good side, it, it perhaps didn't favour the evils as much as it did the good. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, it's kind of the, the hindsight is twenty twenty. so we kind of realised a little bit too late, I think probably when we were playing the scenario last night, that there is a bit of an imbalance, so... I think if we were going to play this scenario again, fingers crossed we get to do Scaring of the Shire next year, we might tweak it slightly to, uh, first of all, make this an 80-pointer event, so it's a bit more fun. We can play around with the points limits, and um, rather than actually play as a competitive scenario in the event, we would probably change it to be just a a little bit of fun at the end of the night. Kind of like... We kind of like um, like the Seven Stones Arena of Champions. So kind of like it could be, you put your favourite, like you put you nominate a champion, you put him into the ring against a load of ghosts. How long before he gets killed, and then your opponent does the same thing. So yeah. we'll, we still we still wanted we kind of wanted to do like I said we wanted to do something fun. I think in hindsight it's probably still needed a bit more major tweaking. But I, th- I think so because basically they were just Army of the Dead um, with two attacks um, and. Against Courage, uh, three of Orcs, it's not great. And in Good, good versus Evil, there's a lot of Orcs kicking around. So, yeah, it, I, I think, bless them, the, the Orcs and, and Bogswag and uh, an, an Ogre, in my case, uh, certainly a bit of the dust. But I think it's great to have that sort of stuff. How have you found running, running the tournament generally? Uh, a lot of pressure in a 100-point league. This is a big one for the league. Uh, so yeah. some of the sort of more competitive players are here. Is that difficult sometimes, having to deal with big personalities wanting to win big games? Yeah, I think some of the, this is the thing. Some of these guys, they're absolutely fantastic people to actually meet and talk to because they've got an absolute love of all the rings. They've got an absolute love of the strategy battle game. 
<laughs> what they've also got in them is a very, very fierce competitive streak. And especially when you've been in a, especially when you're in a position where potentially your league placing is at stake, can affect where you finish in the league. Competition is going to run high, and sometimes maybe, just maybe, like your your competitive edge does take over slightly, but. Generally, most of the time, I've only I've had to deal with a few minor rules queries. I haven't had to deal with anything that I would say is major serious, could cause a lot of problems later on. But I will say this, I certainly have a new respect for, for TOs. So yeah. it's uh, you kind of think that, oh, you're just managing a spreadsheet, you're just making sure everyone turns up. But in, in actual fact, there is a, there's an awful lot of effort that goes on behind the scenes where they're sorting out the prizes, uh, making sure everyone's coming, making sure that everyone's actually paid for their tickets as well. And pizza, which and I need to pay for. Yeah, we <laughs> pizza, which I need to settle up for. <laughs> yeah. And I must say, and, and you heard this in that last podcast, that um, m- me tearing, uh, I, I found exactly the same thing. Having a, a little helpers doing things like running the tuck shop or or being a ring and things like that, it's, it, it really really helps. Yeah, I think having an having an extra pair of hands really really makes things a lot easier. But um, no, generally it's been in fairly easy to manage. Everyone's been uh, has been quite straightforward, getting their results into me on time. So. Yeah, so it's just a case of, um, it's, it's a learning experience, really. So the next yeah. time a, a tournament comes along, you've got that experience, so you can kind of say, mm, that really didn't work the last time we did this, so you know, I'll do this this time. And then, uh, just it's, it, at the end of the day, if, we, if you're hosting a tournament for the first time, there are going to be things that you obviously you're not 100% clued up on. But then again, there are things you might have experience from actually playing games at tournaments that you can draw the knowledge on so it kind of works it works 50-50 but ultimately it is a it is a fantastic learning experience absolutely James and well I'll I'll leave it there because I see the clocks coming down to 8 minutes and 30 on the end of the tournament so there'll be people handing in results very soon Uh, well done on organising it's a fantastic event Um, and and the quiz was brilliant I managed to win the quiz last night and uh, loads of fun and generally uh, just cracking tournament so thanks for having me thank you very much cheers so there you go, that was the scaring of the Shire, thanks to James Wilson and all of my opponents, and also to Sean Lang, uh, who I played twice, and who ended up walking away with my army book, um, but has been very kind and sent it to me in the post. So really, really big thank you to uh, Sean and to all of the players I played against. Um, Donal, uh, who we heard from in the podcast there, he managed to squeeze out a, a victory uh, in the tournament um, in terms of the most sporting votes. I managed to get best themed army, um, which uh, best themed good army anyway, um, which was for my Helm's Deep Good Alliance, which was fantastic. Um, despite the filthy edition of the uh, Fight Six Galadrim, um, I think people like the fact that I'd done foot troops, so that was cool. That was cool, Foot Rohan, um, and. Uh, I think that's everything. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, no, it isn't. This is a 100-point event, which means uh, that somebody in the Great British Hobbit League will be riding high after this. So, who is it? In first place, who scored the most tournament points, Will Champion. Yay! Champion by name, champion by nature. So, the winner of the Scaring of the Shire, and I think one of... not. Not just the first tournament you've won in a while, but a couple on the on the bounce, is that right? Yeah, uh, I just won Preston. So that's, that's right. Two, two on the trot now, which is really good. Two big ones on the trot. It's Will Champion. Uh, and so, first of all, um, it's a good versus evil. Uh, quite low points limits as well. So, um, I'm intrigued. What, what armies did you pick and why those particular armies? So, the good army we played round one, it was that Arnor with the, the Kurdan combo, which turned mm. out to be really, really effective all weekend. Yeah. And then the evil army I brought, it's the same that I took to Preston, but a bit smaller. 
um, which is sort of uh, hunter orcs and some goblin mercenaries and the lingering shadow is a green hobbit alliance and that was just as effective as it was last time and i mean, I mean we talked about in early on in the episode about uh, the effectiveness of the good army and uh, in particular the sort of uh, uh Kurdan making up for the the lack of um the lack of the army bonus for arnor and the uh, first just before we get move on uh, how many games did you play of each was it a bit of even split I, I got yeah i got as good as it could so it was four games with the evil and mm. three games with the good and what, what in particular works do you think in your evil list in particular there's just so many shenanigans so the hunter orcs are never worse off they've always got two attacks mm. um, which means that even when the situation starts to go wrong when it gets to the late game when it's normally one on one they're always in the fight which is good um, the goblin mercenaries and the lingering shadow just mean you can threaten anywhere on the boards no one's safe especially at low points you know the little casters that hide at the back you can always get them um, and so and in scenarios like recon as well it changes the way people can play against you mm. and, and, and in, in particular the, the, the struggle I, I certainly found and I know other people have mentioned in uh, good versus evil matchup is that the evil courage really struggles to get into things like in particular your Kurdans or, mm. or anyone else that causes terror like a, an army of the dead I, we'll pause for a second uh, army of the dead we'll just didn't that's fine um, in an army of the dead, so uh, evil so, uh, can struggle. How, how have you mitigated that, or was that a problem in this, this army? Uh, this you, you mitigate it with mass, really. So the, the, I didn't play against anything particularly scary this time, which you, know, you can say is luck. Um, but there was a lot of really good players here bringing all sorts of different armies. Mm. Um, I did play against Galadriel, Lady of Light, at one point, but because it was recon, it was scattered across the board, so it didn't really matter too much. Mm. Generally speaking, because the army's got 40 models, someone can get in somewhere. Um, and playing Matt Light in the last game at Preston, um, he had a front rank of Black Numenorians. It wasn't good versus evil for that tournament. Um, and instead of hoping the Hunter Orcs were getting and failing, I just basically sent, sent the heroes in that would pass and sort of Hail Maryed away his front line. Because mm. then at that point, the terror's gone. Um, generally speaking, every army has got some way around terror. Um, you might have to invest uh, might and other resources in a way that you wouldn't normally. Mm but you're never completely out of the fight. So I guess it's just using those heroes to do, do the legwork, I guess, yeah, to, to make definitely. sure that you can cut away at those areas, uh, those things. So, and, and, and the good army, you were playing up uh, playing against, as you mentioned, this is a 100-pointer with the bigger ones with lots of the top-tier players here. Um, how has how that Arnor ranked up? I mean, I know you beat me, but that didn't take much. I was second last. <laughs> the, the Arnor was, was really good. Um, you get a lot of models for not a lot of points. Avadui's a pretty good choppy hero. There's only one strike. There's, you know, it's not a perfect list, mm. um, but its main weakness is the courage, and Kurdan stops that. Um, and so at that point, you've got 45 models at 600 points. So I take the Hobbits, not the Rangers, because I think they're better for the points. You yeah, they're cheaper points, as well. You've got they? a bow, resistant to magic as well for Rafa Brun and things like that. Um, and you just overwhelm them, really. And then the Malbeth save, you, your army's basically a third bigger than everyone else is on top of that as well. So, you, you know, I might as well have 60 models because if the saves are average, that's what I've got. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's just overwhelming firepower. And were there any particularly tricky games or particularly tricky matchups that you thought were, were sort of squeaky bum time or that, you yeah. know, that, that you lost, I suppose? Absolutely. Um, so playing Ed at Recon, um, he had a driven down Knights, which is always hard. Mm. Um, his range is better than mine, but and it came down to really, really tight. Um, he was one off quartering me, and he didn't do it. And so the turn after my general and two guys could run off, it was by no means an easy win. Uh, but he'd also got really lucky earlier in the game with lots of shooting, killed more than he should have. Um, so we, we shared the luck in that. Um, 
but that's that's Warhammer, isn't it? It's the way it goes. Sometimes you get lucky, mm. um, and you can't win a tournament just by being good or just by being lucky. There has yeah. to be a bit of both. I guess you have to get the, the dice at the right times. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, what's next for you? Are you going to stick with this kind of evil uh, evil list that you, you've played two, uh, won two tournaments on the bounce? I'm guessing it'd be wise if you are. Well, I enjoy being unpredictable. Um, I don't tend to take the same army too often. I'd, I'd like to have a bit of a repertoire, mm. but it always depends on the. Um, the points level, the scenarios that we're going to be playing, if it's good versus evil. Because obviously 500 points of Arnor, for example, would look very different to 1,000 points of Arnor. Um, and it's just paying attention to, to what's going to work out best. Well, well done on winning this one and your previous one. Good luck for the next one. Thank you very much. Cheers. So there you go. That's it for the uh, scaring of the Shire. Uh, thanks to James Wilson, to Will Champion, uh, to everyone else uh, involved who talked to me there. I mentioned a few people already. Um, coming up next on the Entmoot podcast is uh, is going to be the battle in Stirling. So heading all the way up to Scotland um, for uh, Greg what's and, and sure to be a fantastic weekend. Another good versus evil tournament, um, which I'm very excited about. 800 points, I believe, if I'm not wrong. Um, so very exciting. Lots, lots of potential for that. And I'm conjuring up some uh, different armies for that one as well. And then following that, it'll be war in Reading, which is, again... Uh, a good versus evil, but much smaller tournament, which I'm really excited about. I think it's 500 points. Um, uh, so that's going to be really different. I'm really excited for that one as well. Good versus evil as well. I'm very excited to play uh, a small, small points match. I've got some interesting ideas. One of the armies is going to be pretty much a horde. The other army is going to be pretty, pretty tiny. So very excited about playing with both those armies and for War and Reading. But first, it's up to Scotland, which should be amazing. It's always a really, really good laugh. And I get to indulge in uh, a sort of obsession of mine, haggis, haggis, all weekend long, which will be absolutely fantastic. So all that coming up on another episode of Entmoot. Uh, in the next fortnight or so. Um, and in the meantime, enjoy your games. Uh, get in touch, entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you have any comments about uh, the strategy battle game, about the podcast, or about, in particular, the riddles in the dark, of course, uh, about what you think about the game, whether I should come up with something else, or, or so on. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Boorarum. Boorarum.